Hey guys, Blaine Jane here. <laughs> Hey guys, Blaine Jane. Hey guys, Blaine J here. I just wanted to, before the episode started, tell all of you, well, Merry Christmas. And also, this particular episode is actually kind of three episodes in one. James and I will be reviewing a game, that game being Beyond Good and Evil. Now, before we get to talking to that, earlier in the month we interviewed the author of the book, 8-Bit Christmas. It's a wonderful book. I encourage all of you listening to this to go out and buy it. That said... We interviewed him, but we had some technical difficulties because, of course, we fucking did. Um, we weren't able to get him on Skype, and we ended up having to record via just a simple phone call, a three-way phone call. And uh, the audio quality on this isn't the best that uh, we've done, and we've done some some stinkers. This is okay. This is this is a little better than, say, the Parasite Eve episode or some of the other episodes that really just turned out terribly. But th- this one's listenable, but it, it's not going to sound as crisp and as clear as I'd like it to. Um, Anyway, uh, we're going to play that for you at the beginning of the show. Uh, If you don't want to listen to a book review, um, well, I guess you can just fast forward. It'll only be about, I think think the interview took about 30 minutes. So if you were to fast forward about 30 minutes from the intro, you should be fine. Listen to that review on Beyond Good and Evil. And then after that review, I'm going to be tacking on the pre-show discussion that James and I had uh, trying to get Kevin on the line and so on and so forth. We had uh, some light discussion on video games and... uh, random things really uh some of it may or may not be interesting but in the spirit of giving i felt man what the hell anyway on to the show all right guys we got something a little special for you today normally we talk about video games on this podcast and we're kind of doing that again in the spirit of christmas and the spirit of video games um my friend james co-host of the show sent me a book some months back he said blaine you gotta read the book um he said but definitely wait till november what hello <laughs> what was that? I don't know yep. what that was. But anyway, he says, you got to read this book. Wait till November. Uh, so I did. I read the book almost instantly. I was in love with it. The book, 8-Bit Christmas, the author, uh, Kevin Jakubowski. I hope I didn't brutalize your last name. And he's with us today. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. Uh, He's with us today to talk about said book. Now, it's called 8-Bit Christmas, but for me, Kevin, this book should have been called Nostalgia with a capital N-E-S. It's all about... A little boy, uh, Jack Doyle, and he is obsessed with the idea of Nintendo. And I think for everyone listening, that that was us. As a little boy, I know me, for me, it was Super Nintendo more than Nintendo. I believe, James, it was the Nintendo. Uh, yeah, this touched way too close to home. Yeah, a lot of things in this <laughs> book just really cut close to home. Uh, there are a lot of parallels in this book um, to a Christmas story. Uh, I think that's probably, uh, was, was that an inspiration for you at all? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, huge fan of uh gene shepherd he's probably my favorite author and uh oh really you know i i, I grew up you know loving a christmas story it's, it's my favorite favorite movie of all time so uh yeah it's it's an homage in, in many ways to that uh, movie and to to that uh story what about footless any was that just a happy accident <laughs> You know, I've done a bunch of these, and until someone told me that, I had no idea that it was a plot similar to Footloose, I mean, when it absolutely is. It's, <laughs> so that was just a coincidence. Okay, it's not ridiculous at all. There actually was a town that had banned video games, and it didn't get repealed until, like, 2010 or something. Um, uh, oh, wow, no way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was on a podcast I listened to. They were talking about it. You know, it was causing uh, kids to congregate in areas that they didn't want and stuff, so they banned the idea of the arcade and everything so and then it just kind of stayed 
date on the books, even though it, later on, in, as the 80s appeared and stuff, it became kind of a law that shouldn't have still been there. But then someone realized, oh, hey, this is something we probably uh, not have on the books. We've been ignoring it 20 20- so yeah um that's hilarious so do you still have the games from when you were a kid that you talk about in this book or i, I mean, do okay yeah i had i i think a lot of i mean i don't know about you guys but i remember getting rid of some of the games like as i like you know was in like high school or college or whatever yeah. or even earlier than that maybe even like junior high uh like giving them to a cousin or whatever like some of them and then years later being like really bummed about that I still always had my Nintendo and I had a few select games, but in the course of, you know, writing this book, I, I went on eBay and got a bunch of those games back. Sure. <laughs> so, good man. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have a good, a good stock of them now. Like about how many? I'm, I'm a major collector. James is a moderate collector. What are we looking at? Oh, it's it's very few. It's probably like ten games. Oh no, that's um, that's a I, okay. Yeah, I'm not really. Uh, I just basically went back and bought the games that I really loved from your RBI game. Baseball and Ice Hockey uh, and a couple other ones. See, RBI Baseball. When you mentioned it in the book, that that game in particular, that was the game that I played with my dad. Right. Um. I I didn't. I love baseball. Uh. I didn't particularly love RBI Baseball. I think I've heard you uh comment that the characters uh, look like Kirby Puckett, and that's a very apt description that you got these little fat chubby <laughs> almost chibi characters and stuff but when you started going into detail in the book about you know you learned exactly how many swings that you could take when a slow ball you know after fernando venezuela's arm gave out you know like three swings before it reached the you know it was like yes i did that you know and um something that that i always noticed uh or that i, that I thought was hilarious rather as a kid about rbr baseball is, is it had a watch option where you could just like choose to watch the computer play <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's right like who did that who who whoever like who would do that I'm, I'm sure like the first time you got the game somebody's like oh okay mm-hmm. and then you know never did it again i mean what a bizarre that's such like that just shows like what an early game it was like i i, I bet the programmers were just so excited that this was a thing that they could do that they're like yeah let's do that this is really neat but uh it's for obsessive gamblers the people that want to gamble and there's no sports on right. bet on nintendo right. games i was thinking That's more like funny. Cub fans that wanted to see, you know, them win or something. Of course, now. Man. <laughs> oh, and, all bets are off now. I tell you, it's been an amazing couple weeks for me. The, oh, the I, Cubbies, man. I, oh, God. Yeah, Did Jim, you attend the uh, after party where there was like, what, five million people? Like the I, I yeah. couldn't. I, I live in L.A. and uh, oh, that's right. That's production right. on something else. So I couldn't I couldn't get there. But yeah, it was like the seventh largest gathering of humans in history. Oh, yeah. James and I were texting back and forth throughout that game. I was at work. Uh, James, I think, was at home watching the game. Um, James, is that your dog? <laughs> Yeah, it's my dog. There's sirens going by, so they got to howl at the of sirens. Of course. Surprised you can hear Sorry, that. Kevin. Um, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, we, our, our, our fans are quite used to it. Um, oh, my. Hey, listen to them. Highly professional. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself for a little while until they're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, James. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Um, That's all right. Yeah, James and I were were texting back and forth throughout the seven, like every just shot for shot of that game. It it, it really is. It's going They said at the end of it, it's gonna be a movie. I'm wondering who's gonna portray. You know, the, uh, storybook, storybook. I can't imagine. Like, I'm not even a Cubs fan. Like, I was. I'm a I'm an A's fan from way back. Um, but I always rooted for the Cubs. You know, you mentioned like back in the day of the Andre. Dawson Day stuff and that like I was like yeah they were really good back then but 
but not, you know, Dwight Gooden, I think, too, or was he with the Mets? He was on the Mets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you mentioned all, like, I, I haven't followed baseball a lot since, uh, since I was a kid. I kind of fell out of favor with it for the most part, uh, due to, like, the player strike and some, it's just a bunch of whiny millionaires now, you know? So, <laughs> right. um, I haven't really followed it, but in your book, it's, it's, it's literally like everything that you're talking about in the book is, is my child. Um, there's a phrase that you use throughout the book, Nintendo no friendo. Is that actually a phrase or did you make that up? <laughs> uh, it was actually uh, something that my little cousin uh, said at the time. I think his, his parents didn't like him playing it very much. And I remember him saying it. So it became sort of like an inside family joke. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo no friendo. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, in the book, you have a cast of characters. I relate li- literally to all of them. Um, Jack Doyle, the main character, that's obviously the one I relate to most. That's me. Um, are you secretly Jack or Jake Doyle, rather? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, that's a big part of me that was Jake. Yeah. Uh, um... You know, I I like all my friends that that Christmas just wanted this Nintendo badly, <laughs> willing to do whatever it took. Uh, you know, and and I think anybody, whether it's a Nintendo or anything, if you celebrate Christmas or even just as a kid, uh, just just wanting something really badly, and uh, and just sort of the pressures that you put on yourself to to get that thing or whatever. Uh, you know, so I, I certainly. Uh, M. M. Jake in in many ways, you know, it's it's loosely based on my childhood and you know friends and family members growing up and sure. you know you always put an imaginative spin on everything, but you know there's some there's some elements of truth there for all those characters. Yeah, they always say write what you know, and and I do know that the the town that this takes place in is your uh, hometown, so it's really it cool. is yeah yeah really cool stuff. Um, there's there's a Timmy Clean who's like the poor little rich kid. I think we all. Knew this guy as a kid. I, I, we I, all had one in our neighborhood. Yeah, we for all sure. Had one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I treated mine as a kid because I was I was a poor kid. I up until I was actually an adult, I couldn't afford more than like two or three games, you know. Um, and I treated the the rich kid I knew more like a blockbuster than anything else, where I would just kind of borrow games from him all the time, <laughs> stuff, you know. And then um, no, I I yeah, there's a guy, one of my best friends. Uh, parents wouldn't let him have a Nintendo, but they actually somehow let him buy one game, so he had a game. I think it was RBI baseball, oh, yeah. and he would just go over to our our rich friends and like play the game <laughs> on his Nintendo. Oh man, oh. yeah, I, it was yeah, it was a bizarre, it was bizarre. But yeah, I think everybody had or knew that one kid who at least whether he was rich or not, the kid who got Nintendo first, and that was just I mean, you had to be his best friend, right? Uh, despite any you might actually have, kind of brought you together. Um, <laughs> so, James, you have a question for, uh, for you know? I I wanted to comment on um, one of my favorite parts of books or. Uh, when you describe your, when you had to sell those Christmas reeds, reeds, excuse me, oh, sure. did you actually have to do that? Um, go door to door and for your Boy Scouts? Yeah, in in Cub Scouts, yeah. I mean, I, looking back, I you know, sort of the second act of the story needed a, a motor, and uh, that was just one thing I remembered from from my childhood was having to sell things for Cub Scouts to get you know these ridiculously stupid little prizes. And I remember one year they did put a Nintendo. Oh wow! And that just kind of like up the ante on everything. And that so, is quite the carrot. That is quite the carrot to get kids to do yeah. whatever you want. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I forget what the item yeah, was. Yeah, I was a terrible salesman. I remember <laughs> hating, hating having to go door to door selling things like chocolate bars and stuff. I hated it. Uh, it was the worst. Uh, I actually convinced the neighbor kid to do it for me, and I would split the booty with him. And I think we ended up getting like some uh, like Christmas cards or something. Yeah, I Tom sorted him. Yeah, so. <laughs> 
Um, in the book, there's a love interest in the way of Miss Siaroshi. Am I, I'm probably butchering it. Um, I think we all were secretly in love with a teacher. Who is yours? Siaroshi's <laughs> sort of a, a made-up uh, amalgamation of, of a bunch of people. Or uh, I remember really having a crush on my teacher in sixth grade. Um, but this, this teacher is sort of a, a figment of my imagination, I guess. Um, but I, I, I know, you know... Every every guy has had a had a crush on at least oh one of the teachers, and there's just something really funny about that. Especially if you're a little kid, when you have that crush, you just you have no idea what to do with it or or what it really <laughs> even is. So that always <sighs> seemed like a really funny kind of relationship, especially when the teacher is sort of oblivious to that, um, yeah. which my, I, I thought made for a good little arc in there. No, no doubt. Yeah, uh, mine. I still have dreams of her to this day. She's probably in her six now, but. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still yet, you know, I'm a I'm a happily married man, but if she showed up on my doorstep, there'd be a conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and in your mind, though, she's exactly, you know, in my exactly mind, my teacher is still 23 years old, and you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she's you know, 40 something now, so um, interesting. Yeah. So, is there any chance at all that we're going to see Eight Bit Christmas as a movie or even a, a short series? I really hope so. I actually uh, wrote it initially first as a screenplay um and uh it got close to being made this was about 10 years ago Mm -hmm. um and then uh got the rights back and just ultimately decided that because as as i that's what i do for a living i'm a film and tv writer and i'd gotten to the point at that time where i was you know writing a lot of things that i had no control over ultimately um and uh writing a lot of things that would just sit on a studio shelf or you know sort of in development hell and and never actually got produced um and uh this was an opportunity to tell this story in a way that you know could get an audience um so and it didn't need you know 20 million dollars behind it and a studio green light so um that's kind of what brought me to writing the book and at some point absolutely i i definitely want this to to be a movie again that, oh, that's the ultimate plan i would kick is there any chance you might okay no yeah me too is there any chance you might do more writing uh maybe in this genre or another genre yeah i mean the i'm actually shooting a new uh tv series right now for verizon that i created uh called play by play um it's about an espn sportscaster who looks back on his life and sort of gives the play by play of his adolescence sort of like the wonder years uh but with a sports twist it's set in the 90s um which is a similar tone to Ape at Christmas. You know, it's a narrator looking back on his life. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. We're in production right now, and uh, I, I think you, any fans of Ape at Christmas would, would be a fan of Play by Play. So it'll it'll come out later next year, and, and I'm excited about it. Check that out. Uh, what are some other projects that you've worked on? I, I know about uh, the assassination of a high school president. I haven't watched it yet because I'm a jackass, but I will be watching it soon, I promise. <laughs> um, and then Brickleberry was a show that you worked on for Nickelodeon. And Brickleberry was Comedy Central. Oh, uh, my bad. My bad. that's all right. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, I created a series for Nickelodeon called Legendary Dudas, um, which is sort of like, in my mind at least, uh, The Office, but for kids. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, I wrote for another show called Bizarre Vark recently, which is on Disney. Um, and wrote a bunch of other movies that never got made and uh, a bunch of pilots that uh, didn't go to series, but uh, been, been working, you know, constantly, which is, which is good. And um, like I said, I'm doing this thing for Verizon right now. Cool. James? 
How about uh, any more books? You have any more books planned out or anything like that? Yeah, I would love to. I haven't. I haven't had the time. Um, I, I I wasn't sure if I could do it just because I had never done it before, you know. Um, and uh, I, I loved it. I think one thing that really helped me uh, with writing Eight Big Christmas was that I had already written as a screenplay, um, so I had that structure down already. So starting a new book without that structure already is a little daunting. But yeah, I'm always I'm always plugging away at it. I absolutely would love to. To write another book. It was really fun. It, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do in a novel that you can't do in a screenplay. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of inner, inner dialogue and description and, and, you know, sort of sky's the limit in a novel. Um, you can really do anything. You're not limited by money or cast or anything. So um, I really enjoyed it. So the answer, yes, I would love to do another book, but I haven't started one yet. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah, guys, everyone listening to this, you're all fans of yes. You you all listen to this show to, to be wax nostalgic. This is that book. This is your childhood, the book, guys. So definitely go pick this up. You can uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's on uh, oh gosh, Barnes and Noble, ba- basically anywhere, right, Kevin? Yeah. Um, as far as the like brick and mortar stores, it's not everywhere, but you can absolutely get it. Yeah, it's, it's... Uh, on Amazon or uh, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, you can go to my website, which is just Kevin-Jakubowski.com. There's links to to buy it there as well. Awesome. Um, but uh, um, so, what kind of stuff you guys? You guys basically just uh, talk about old school video games. Is that kind of yeah, kind of the deal on the show? You hit it right on the head. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. Um, initially, like I, I joined an existing podcast. They've been around for about eight years, so we share an RS feed with a, a very well established known podcast. And our offshoot of the show, we talk about um, the more rare and valuable games. Because I, I don't know if you're aware. I think everyone's aware at this point. Some of these games from our childhood are in the hundreds and thousands of dollars now. It's kind of ridiculous. And wow. I've been a collector personally for almost 30 years. Like I, I basically, I'm the kid that didn't sell his stuff for the most part. Nice. And I still have Smart. a lot of it. Yeah. Behind me right now, I've got about 3000 games. I have about 520 wow. of the NES library. So there's about 200 NES games I'm missing currently. Stuff like that, you know. And, uh, I thought, well, you know, it'd be a good idea to do a podcast where we talk about some of these games that are like super expensive every week. And that's how the podcast started. And James was a fan. And, uh, about, about a year ago, James join me on the show and yeah we just every month we we talk about a game or a series of games uh this month uh this past excuse me this past one was the castlevania series and we kind of went in depth on that some of those are in the hundreds of dollars now and stuff so kind of ridiculous yeah and yeah that's that's basically what we do man we do have a new show that Oh, sorry. So we do have a new show that we started about um, video movies based off of video games. Yeah. So it's another show on another network that we watch a movie and then we just talk about it for a half hour or so and what our thoughts were and how well it you know shows the video game. We are, have you done Super Mario Brothers yet? No. We're waiting on that one. That one. We are waiting on that one. <laughs> but specifically, that one actually um, is part of the theme song. I, I'm also like a really bad musician in my youth, and I wrote the theme song for the show, and it's almost a hundred ba- percent. Based off of uh, Mario Brothers, the movie, so we're waiting for that to be a very special <laughs> episode, you know. So uh, yeah, it it's a lot of fun, man. It's really rewarding. We get to meet like I I literally have friends now that live overseas and stuff that are close friends because of this show. It's again, it's the Nintendo that binds us. Yeah, it's, cool. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really been a neat journey. In fact, James is one of my best friends, and I've never met the man in person. It's, it's, 
crazy. Oh, wow. Crazy to think about, yeah. It really is. So you're really... Day, you guys are going to have to meet. Oh, we, we had planned on it. We've got this big convention here in the center of the states called Super Bitcoin. It takes place in Oklahoma City, and we felt that that would be a, a centrally located gathering point. And we've got guys driving down from Virginia and Memphis, a guy considering from Sweden, James from California. Um, and we were all going to congregate. And then uh, they changed the date of Bitcoin to be right around the same time at birth of a James Child is upcoming. So oh, he's not going to be able to make it. So yeah, sucks. my wife my wife said no. So, yeah, I'll be remaining here. <laughs> no, I mean. Well, it's probably the smart move, James. Yeah, if you yeah. want to keep having a wife, you would better not show up. So we'll we'll do that again uh, next year, I'm sure. And I'll meet again. Yeah, absolutely. But you seem like a really nostalgic guy, like like James and I. You know, I'm still living my youth. Is there anything aside from the Nintendo that you're still passionate about? Maybe write a book about, I don't know, an obsession with He-Man or Ninja Turtles or, you know, Transformers, <laughs> GoBots, any of these. Yeah, I mean, I think 8-Bit Christmas was just such a sweet spot. I'm just such a, mm. I'm a Christmas junkie i mean i just love christmas like i i start listening to christmas music like this week usually every year um so that was a big part of it and then nintendo obviously was a big part of it and through that you could really get sort of that I don't think there's much written about kids' pop culture. Um, you know, you have sort of like the teenage pop culture stuff, but but this was about being a little kid and sort of the things that were cool and interesting to us in the 80s. Um, so that was a big, that was just really fun for me. Um, I think I still get nostalgic about sports. I played sports a lot as a kid. I could see myself writing something about that, um, you know, just from a kid's perspective, just, you know, playing pick up baseball or, you know, pond hockey and things like that. But I think today kids, uh, most sports the kids play are just super organized. And what was so fun about, I don't know, my childhood was just that it was mostly unorganized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just meet some kids at the park and, and play all day. You got um, one guy covering I'm, I'm second certainly, and third. Yeah, yeah. The second, <laughs> third base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Been there. I, I played a lot of neighborhood games where we were, you know, short a guy or two. You made do. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, write that book right now. <laughs> you got it. I'll have it done by by the morning. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, I don't well, I'm really I'm really glad you guys dug the book. I I, I really appreciate you reading it. Like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I hope some of your listeners pick it up because it, it is kind of a sweet spot for for guys like us, and it's a nice. It's nice. It'll get you in the holiday spirit, that's true. For sure. And tis the season. It is the season. This would make an excellent gift for someone that you know that is also a Nintendo maniac. So de definitely check it out. I, I can't stress how much I love the book. Just a wonderful thing. One last question before we let you go, Kevin. Yeah. Who would win in a fight? 1985 Chicago Bears or a Hurricane? Oh, uh, who's coaching the Bears? Well, Dicka, of course. Okay, well then it's a no-brainer. It's, uh, it's the Bears. Okay. <laughs> Follow-up question. The Hurricanes named Mike Dick. <laughs> oh, 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 my answer. Uh, 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 wow. Tuffy. Okay, okay, let me ask you this, though. Who named the Hurricane? Is this an official <laughs> naming? Walter Payton. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I think the answer to that question is that uh, the apocalypse is the winner there because the fight is so amazing that it essentially destroys the world. Ragnarok happens, and we get all in. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you Four so much. Right in. Oh, what what a great yeah! Thank guess. you so much again. Eight bit Christmas. Yeah, definitely Wonderful check it out, book. guys. I'll probably read it every Christmas from here on out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me, guys, and I'm going to start tuning into your show. Uh, 
it seems like it would be right up my alley. Oh, cool. <laughs> Appreciate yeah, well, it. And uh, I'll get Skype next time so that uh, I don't look like an idiot. No, no, no you're no, fine. No. You're fine. The, the quality on this is probably going to sound like everyone's talking through a tin can but me, but it's okay. I'll clean it up the best <laughs> I can. I've dealt with a lot worse. Yeah, yeah you should hear yeah. the episode two episodes ago where I don't know what happened. Oh, man. Recording nightmares are a, a constant thing when you're dealing with people from around the world talking. Right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you again for your time. We won't keep you anymore. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thanks, Good guys. Bye. Merry Christmas. I really appreciate it. See you. Thanks, Kevin. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye-bye. Ah, ah, ah. Let's play a game. Again, and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? This is the first time you've listened to the show. We're a offshoot of the RPG show that you would normally listen to in this feed. We don't always talk about RPGs. We talk about games. Typically, they're rare and valuable. Sometimes they're not. And we tell you whether or not we think it's worth it for the current eBay price. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J. And with me, as always, co-host, Mr. James Milholland. Hello, everyone. And we have got a really, really special episode for you for this Christmas edition of is it worth it i was at the flea market what maybe a month and a half ago and there's a guy there that's always selling you know ps2 ps3 games you know nothing terribly terribly old but you know stuff that i'd be interested in and i always kind of lazily look through them they're usually a lot of sports titles a lot of junk and he had a sign up this time it said uh like three for ten or something like that and i was like oh i i need to find three and i found this game that i've been meaning to play for almost two decades this game came out in 2003 and it's been on my list. It's all, it's almost on everyone's list, James. If you look up the top 10 PS2 games, this is on virtually every list of, like, you need to play it kind of thing, you know? If it's not, it needs to be. Yeah, it really does. Uh, the game is sick, and I, I regret not having played it earlier. And I, I saw it there. I already owned a copy, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy this. I'm going to send a copy to James. Uh, it was cheap. Why not? And then it'll force me to play the damn thing, you know, because otherwise I, I may have died and never had played the game. And the game is called... Beyond Good and Evil. It was released for the PlayStation 2, as I said, but it was released multi-platform. It was also on the GameCube. It was on the uh, Xbox. Um, I believe that the GameCube version is relatively rare and valuable. We'll get to that at the end. Um, the other versions are quite common. You can also get this currently as an HD remake on uh, Steam, and I think it's on PSN Network. It might even be on the X Xbox Live Network. I'm not sure of that, though. Uh, but just before we even talk about the damn game, just do yourself a favor. I'm just It's obvious already but i'm going to spoil it get this freaking game uh in freaking incredible uh it it plays it, it's a combination of games right james yeah absolutely it, it's kind of like zelda because you have a power meter that you're able to you know collect effectively hearts in fact they are represented by hearts to make yourself stronger you don't actually get stronger much like in zelda your strengths come from finding new abilities and what have you that uh or, or like think of it as a maybe like a batman arkham city or something where you get these new abilities and you use them to be able to tra traverse areas that you were formerly unable to go to or what have you but they also have other uses throughout the game um and like i said you can have you find items to increase your energy bar but you can also give said items to your partner 
in the way of two two separate characters, uh, the first of which that joins you from the get-go, his name is Paige, but it's spelled very oddly. And the first thing you'll, you'll notice about Paige is that he's an anthropomorphic pig, and he uh, he sounds very much like a, oh gosh, what's his accent? I would just I would just describe him as like Southern redneck style accent, right? Very gruff. But, Absolutely. Yeah. It did on the head. Cool guy, though. I mean, very strange that you're a talking, you know, your company is a talking pig, and you identify him as being your uncle, right? But... Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game, the game starts. We'll, we'll go there. We'll get more. We'll just jump around because there's so much to talk about this game, and we really don't have a whole hell of a lot of time. Because we are going to be adding an interview with uh, Kevin Jakubowski at the end of this episode, and we'll get to that a little later at the end of the show. But um, yeah, you you start out. You're on this beautiful little tiny island with a lighthouse on it, like something like you would see from uh, a film or whatever, where you see a lighthouse on a very very isolated tiny island, and this island uh, is inhabited by all manner of creatures, and they're all orphans, or all the sentient ones are orphans at least. And um, within the first few minutes of play, you learn that you and Paige are saving these orphans from some kind of alien attack. They're these aliens that come down and they grab people up just randomly. You don't know what's being done with the people. Um, and then there's this uh, group called the Alpha. What are, what are they called, James? The Alpha something. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't remember. They're basically the cops, but no one knows where they came from. They're called the Alpha Sector or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they always show up when there's an abduction, but always just a little too late, kind of suspicious. And uh, you have these shields on the on the lighthouse itself, which shield it from being able to be attacked. But because of very humorously at the beginning of the game, there's a lot of humor in this game um you forgot to pay the electric bill uh they shut it down and they're able to get through and you have to physically fight them off and then earn enough money to turn the electric back on and you do so very early by by means of uh, someone i can't recall who just but someone gives you a job very early on they say um with all the mutations that have occurred within the latter century or so um they want to get a definitive record of all the living species and they want you to take photographs of them and for every photograph of a new species that you take and send it to this person, this mysterious benefactor, they will send you a certain amount of money. And there are mm-hmm. animals throughout this game. It's really cool the way they did this. Some are blatantly obvious, like you can instantly take a, a photograph of your partner page and it'll say like, you know, whatever Pygmus Mamagorvis or whatever the, you know, mm-hmm. Latin term they came up with is for that. Uh, and all the children, some of which are different things. And then like a, there's a fly in the kitchen and there's some fireflies if you wait till nightfall because this day, does have a day-night cycle. Um, that'll come out and you can take photos of them. I think you get some seabirds and stuff early on. There's a otter on top of the, the uh, lighthouse itself that you have to actually extend out the shields in order to be able to properly frame it to get a picture of that. A lot of neat stuff like that. And there's a, later on, there's a, ones that you have to like do some convoluted stuff to be able to take a picture of everything from shutting down this fire stuff to get the picture of the phoenix. Um, there's a, the little bug that's like in the, uh, the derelict machine that used to be a star machine and you have to like actually put a taco on there and the, the little bug will come out and, and eat the taco and you have to like grab its picture before it like crawls back into its <laughs> hole and stuff like that very cute neat ways that they incorporated uh, incorporated rather uh, in, into the system to, to make you think to be able to do it everything in this game is a puzzle um, up to and including the way they uh, formatted like combat and stuff largely it, you, you can cheese your way through things in this game um, 
but a lot of the time they give you a very obvious way to navigate through a particular section like you'll see guards and much like in say a metal gear solid where they have like a cone of vision and they'll they'll walk a very specific pattern and turn a very specific way and you see their line of sight because their eyes actually light up and um you kind of watch them for a moment and then you sneak your way past them or you could do like i do and probably i, I would guess you did too because it's a lot more fun they have these packs on their back a lot of these guards and it's like their oxygen pack right and you, yeah. later on in the game you get this ability to throw a disc which is one of many abilities that you'll uncover um, and it gives you like a ranged attack but it's not really an attack you use it to solve a lot of various puzzles and uh, in this instance you can throw it to hit the uh, canister on their back and uh, it'll cut off their oxygen supply and they'll run around like a moron and then um, another guard will run up and say hey man are you okay and like try and fix it and then if you very quickly hit his too they'll both be running around like idiots and there's a lot of sections that you can just cheese past that way and it's a lot of fun because you can kick them in the back and then they'll just fly away and blow up so uh, it's a neat way to be you know you can do it the way the game intended you to and later on they they force you to do uh, in certain sections um or you can do it you know the fun way in my opinion the just kill everything way which is also the way i play the first half of most metal gear solid games to be honest um (laughs) I'm more of a, you know, on Metal Gear Solid 2, I, uh, I I dart everybody and throw them off the side of the boat, because why wouldn't you? You know, n- no witness is a good one. Um, yeah, uh, where, where am I going, James? You- well, let's, uh, let's, let's, um, let's talk about the visuals. I mean, how this game actually looks. Uh, we sure. kind of touched on it, I guess, earlier, but it looks just like you're playing a Zelda game. A, a lot, um, yeah. I, I read a lot of complaints about uh, the camera, but I really didn't have any complaints about the yeah, camera. I thought the camera was fine. Uh, one of the first things I did when I started playing was go into the controls and the options menu and uh, change the the inverted of the controls. Um, I don't know. It was weird when I first started playing. Like you, you turn, you try and you think you're going right, but your camera's actually go, sliding to the left. Or it was, it was weird. It was very uh, unintuitive. So I changed that, and then also uh, inverted when I'm looking around. Like I'm cool with inverted when I'm like flying a plane, mm-hmm. but like looking around a map, like I, I'd like it to be you know normal. I guess okay. during my first person shooting. Um, that was just a, that was a, a nitpick of mine. But the game looks fantastic. It does. Um, like like I said, Zelda clone. Uh, or Zelda-like. Um, very, you kind of started to touch on the, the three modes of gameplay. Uh, there's that like sneaking around, like you know you'd see in Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the puzzle, and then there's the the action combat, the battling, which and I thought all, all three. Let's go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, and they're all combined into one. There's no one mm-hmm. that isn't like you know part parts of the photographing things is combined with puzzles and mm-hmm. even the the combat even to an extent, or rather the the lack of a lot of time you're trying not to combat things you know and, then, and i thought one of the good things was like right when you started doing one thing like a little too much like god another sneaking around like i'm getting sick of this the game would like switch gears and like okay now we're gonna battle someone for a while exactly but then right when you battle a little too much like this is getting a little redundant and bam here's a puzzle to solve so yeah it never got to that point where i'm like this is getting repetitive right. it managed to change gears on me and then um a whole fourth gear was driving around the vehicles which i thought sure. was one of the best 
best parts of the game. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Now, initially, you start off with a, a hovercraft, uh, which can go over water and such. And uh, when you first get into the hovercraft, it's broken and you have to take it to a place called the Mama Goes. And <laughs> everything in this game is great. I mean, it's kind of racist, but it can't really be racist because Mama Goes is run by these very obviously Jamaican-influenced group of people, except they're not at all Jamaican. You know, they just sound it, and uh, I'll, I'll splice in the music right here for Mama Goes because I absolutely love it. Yeah. by these rhinoceri there's like a rhinos (laughs) there are all these rhinos that are jamaican rhinos for like no good reason and basically what this place is it's a uh, it's like a mechanic shop right except Mm -hmm. in lieu of money which you do get money in this game as i said and you need it for various things mostly for buying more uh your like items consumables and stuff but uh these guys only deal in pearls and pearls can only be obtained generally through like either killing a big boss or doing some major puzzle or stealing them from the alpha sector or or something there's all kinds of ways to get pearls in this game and initially james i thought that in order to get um like the best thing from mama goes that i would have to get all the pearls so i was Mm -hmm. trying like there's this one guy in this bar guys i forget his name but he's got this snarky ass personality i think he's actually like an anthropomorphic shark if i remember right and he's a francis the guy that plays the game or whatever yeah yeah francis that's his name (laughs) and he's got a a pearl sitting on top of his head and if you beat him at it's basically like a convoluted version of like shuffleboard or something right it's like if you get all the the boards or all the little pucks on one side uh of the board if one player gets all the pucks on the other player's side at any given time then they win if if you have zero pucks on your side but they're all the time shoot trying to shoot them through this like weird shaped gap back at you and so on and so forth and they bounce off each other and it's kind of a neat game i could see it being really fun and real life i've never actually seen that version of the game but i'd play it it's pretty cool yeah Uh, it's like shuffleboard and ping pong yeah a little bit a little bit yeah and i i played it pretty relentlessly like i spent a good hour on that maybe it's just my old ass reflexes that i have these days because you know just to let everyone know today the the day that we're recording is my birthday i turned 37 freaking years old it's ridiculous happy birthday yeah thanks um but i i couldn't do it man i could do the first two but then the one that like you pay a thousand dollars to bet against his pearl i would like bet the thousand dollars lose and there's a save point right there so i'd reset and like try and like do it again 
again and again and again. I finally was like, I'm just going to have to do this at the end of the game or something if I need that pearl. If I can cheese my way without getting every pearl, I'll just do that. And then at the end of the game, you learn that you only need like maybe half the pearls that are actually in the game to be able to get everything in the game. And uh, except for an additional cutscene, which I didn't actually, I meant to watch it on YouTube or something. Or I think it's actually an M disc because you get these discs mm-hmm. that you can play. Just an M disc. Um, that's all you get is a additional M disc. And uh, you know what? I'm cool without having <laughs> gotten that M disc. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'll probably watch it on YouTube. But. I finished the game uh, with, I think, 38 of the pearls of, what, 70-something or something like that? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, um, yeah. Because uh, all you need is 30 to get the space travel, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, 30 uh, Well, thirty additional ones. I think oh, total okay. you need, uh, oh, gosh, probably like 60 because it's like oh, 5 okay. for the first thing for the, the That's right. craft That's right. and 10 and 20 and 30. So. Well, I got whatever yeah. the minimum amount was plus like one or two. That's all I got. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah, but I was really hoping that yeah, collecting all of them would have given you like some awesome something. something for your like you know plane to do you know I don't know yeah I don't but know either. nothing but yeah you okay let's talk a little bit about we we've mentioned that it looks really great like a Zelda and to, and to just describe that just a little more it looks a lot like Wind Raker did right it's like this very shell shaded look to it um, mm-hmm. it aged unreasonably well for a PlayStation game just gorgeous you know and it takes place mm-hmm. in this futuristic world obviously. Obviously, if you've got things like hovercraft and whatever, and later on you do unlock uh, space travel too, and um, it can pick up your hovercraft and fly with it, and that stuff is really cool. Um, but initially, like in combat, you have a staff. You you fight as uh, the main character. His name is Jade, and she's a uh, she looks African American or, or ethnic in the very least. Uh, she wears green lipstick and stuff. Very different idea of a hero for a video game, and I love it. I was like. Yes. Yeah. A breath of fucking yeah. fresh air. This isn't your standard. None of the characters are your standard, you know, just fair that you would get in, you know, any game, you know, the, the badass protagonist or whatever versus the silent antagonist. N- none of that happens here. Everyone has rich, full personalities. Even that bastard Francis that's playing the stupid game, you know, or the, or the blind guy with the, you know, ev- every minor character has a personality in this game and it's just awesome. It really makes the game feel like a real living, breathing place. But anyway, you fight with this staff, and to me, James, this was probably the one major complaint I had about the game, was the combat was wonky a little bit. Yeah. It felt really button mashy to me, like, I'm just like, I'm just boom, 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 with just a square button as fast as I can, trying to do combos, and I think that's all it was really designed to do. Um, you can also implement your partner, if you have one with you at the time, to do a special attack, uh, in the case of Paige, whom you start with, he'll, he has these rocket boots that he has, right and he'll Mm -hmm. shoot himself up into the air and then land really hard on i believe his ass and cause all the enemies Mm -hmm. to bounce in the air which will cause like a slow motion effect to happen and you as jade can then while a enemy is like bounced into the air hit them for like kind of like a baseball swing against the wall or in a lot of cases to hit them towards a target to be able to hit it to go to another area like maybe there'll be a button on a wall that you can't hit and you can hit the enemy up there maybe something to lower a bridge or whatever you know like that a lot of stuff like that in the game a lot of it isn't mandatory too which i love there's a lot of secondary areas and stuff where you can find additional pearls or or power up for either your boat or your health or your partner's health or whatever um 
But like I said, you, you can give your partner health, but uh, James and I talked a little bit before. You really don't need to. They're good with about two or three health throughout the game because it seems like they just don't ever get hurt. Uh, no. That's what I noticed also. Yeah, they never were in peril. No, they always seemed fine. You, on the other hand, will get your ass handed to you, so you want as many of those as you mm-hmm. can possibly have. And yeah, that, that sums up combat. Later on, you do gain some uh, additional abilities. There's an ability you can buy where, um, well, you from the very beginning, you can hold down the square button instead of like mashing it, and Jade will go into like this kind of Tai Chi looking pose with her staff, and she'll charge up. And then when you mm-hmm. release it, she'll spin around real fast, right? And it's supposed yeah. to, it deals massive damage, right? But it's so slow and so wonky to get off because while you're standing there like a moron, any enemy can come up and hit you. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't use that too much. And then later, there's an ability that you can buy to upgrade that ability where when she starts spinning, you can then mash the button and she'll shoot fireballs in a lot of directions and it deals like massive damage and you do kind of need that for the last boss in a couple of areas but for the, for the most part you don't you get through this game by hitting the square button as far as combat uh, yeah and every now and then there is enemies where you incorporate the uh the disc that you later get i don't, I don't even know what it was it looked like i was throwing a pink cd right it was just like this little round shiny disc that was pink i, I don't know I don't really... yeah i thought that was a little little weird that they they chose that little cd i mean cds are a big part of this game or the m discs yeah no. collecting them and like playing them and then they're also the things that you shoot like could they have made a a different projectile you know i don't think anything else just not the same thing we've been like collecting to like read on a m disc scanner it was weird it was it was a little odd um i mean it's a sign of the times 2003 cds were very very big now it's largely a forgotten medium even in gaming right now they're moving fast away from the physical medium you know mm-hmm. it's it's becoming a relic. So in 20 years, you'll probably see it in places like Books a Million being sold uh, to hips. <sighs> Getting old. But anyway, <laughs> um, like I said, man, I no one dungeon really stands out. I know that you go with Paige into a dungeon after the initial who's a what's it or whatever. And you're able to, uh, I think you find, gosh, do you find the, the disc in that area? Is that the first ability that you get? I don't recall. And then um, he ends up getting uh, taken away from you, right? Because you're trying mm-hmm. to, you also become part of this uh, resistance. And I forget what they call themselves, just like the rebels or whatever, right? And yeah. yeah. You become part of this resistance. They take Paige from you. Uh, the resistance is wanting you to get proof that the Alpha Sector is actually the ones behind the attacks, right? So when Paige gets abducted from you, you're running through this uh, this factory, is the first area you to, I believe. And you're trying to get pictures specifically of, like, uh, humans going through this x-ray machine, um, stuffed in boxes to be shipped out to uh, the moon, right? And you're trying to get pictures of that. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they take Paige. You do make manage to get um his boot uh which they stored in the locker but they take him away and uh, also in so doing somewhere i believe this is also in the factory it kind of it kind of all runs together i apologize listeners but you uh you meet up with the person whose job you took known as double h and double h was a reporter that was like the best reporter for the rebels he was help writing for this magazine to raise awareness of the fact that there's you know this shit going down that people should be aware of as far as the alpha sector is concerned they weren't the benefactors that they're leading themselves you know to believe to be they're actually quite evil and are wanting uh, people for nefarious reasons um and you see him being tortured in this like vat of goo kind of thing it's got an alien sitting on top 
top of him, just sucking his life force away and uh, you you shoot that thing off his head and he falls to the floor um doesn't really know what's going on kind of has some memories but not all his memories but enough to uh to know that he's a good guy and that the bad guys are the bad guys kind of thing at first and then uh you you use him throughout to make your way out of this place because he's he's got an ability where he can uh, much like Paige early on had this ability where he could cut fences you find a pair of like pliers or something um but he he couldn't get through certain doors right um yeah this guy can just run right through them and, and just mm-hmm. for fun uh I, I will mention Bjorn asked me because he was playing along with us a little bit and he asked uh, where does the pig put those giant pliers you know because all you see him do is reach <laughs> behind his back and they disappear and I was like good point good point Bjorn yeah you don't want to know yeah you probably do not um but yeah uh this guy has the ability to run through walls and stuff and if you were to describe his personality James how would you describe double eight Kind of an oaf. Feels like, well, no, 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 no. Well, he's very like, oh, well, yeah, in some ways he's kind of an oaf. And in other ways he's very, um, oh, God, what's like the programmable? Like he has a set of morals and beliefs that were bestowed on him through like his, I'm guessing his military training. I guess so. And he relies on those to like basically guide his life and guide his actions almost blindly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he repeats those, you know, at any given time when he needs like guidance and what, what to do. Um, yeah, he's which always, is, always quoting. Uh, yeah. What is it like? Something Johnson or something. He's like, Parsons and yeah. Johnson, rule number 34 or whatever. And he'll like, yeah. never leave a team member behind or something like that. Yeah. Like, he's very, he, he reminded me of like, a, like in D&D, like a paladin, where if you decide to play a paladin, at least I haven't played D&D since like third edition, guys. So bear with me. But at that time, if you played a paladin and you were like, you know, something came up in the storyline where you saw a, a gold piece on the ground. Round. As a paladin, you couldn't just bend down and pick up the gold piece. No, you had to pick it up and try and find its owner. You know, stuff like that. It was like you you had to do everything just a certain way, and it had to be the honest and good way. And that is very much double eight. He he is just bound by this set of rules of what he believes to be good, and he never wavers from them. And it it actually makes for a pretty interesting character. It sounds boring, but it's really cool the way it plays out. And he's useful, and that he also has the same armor that the guards have and so he's able to walk through these laser beams that are set up throughout the game that you jade cannot get through and at times he can walk through them and like press a switch or what have you you know do things that you can't do and uh, so he's helpful in that regard as well all right now where do i go where do we go well um i guess we can talk about the the overall the map some of its shortcomings um yeah go ahead. although it's a, a it's a very vast map and it seems big but i don't know as you start to like beat certain areas certain sections like you no longer have to return to mm-hmm. and it, your world kind of gets pretty small pretty quick it really and does. when you get the uh, ability to fly like you think like okay here we go i'm gonna go find places i couldn't access before i'm gonna go like really check out this whole area and there's really not much else to check out like you think you're going in a new spot but then these like sentry guns pop up and like force you back into the uh kind of the playable realm and it's kind of just i don't know off-putting i'm like i was so hoping like this little world of ours was going to like open up kind of like how uh final fantasy 7 once we like get through bigger you like right. you suddenly bam this whole world's available to you but this game like 
No, once you're done, once you get that ship, you got one place you got to go, and then that's it. It's time for the end of the game. Yeah, a little bit. It did feel, it felt a little short and and rushed at the end of the game. Um, yes, I, I don't know. It like, like James says, like you unlock the ability at one point to jump. Like you've got these laser beams in areas, and then you can jump over the laser beams to be able to go to a new area. But it's really only a very tiny area that you can explore with, like maybe one dungeon. Uh, yeah. Subsequently, you also get the ability to like blow up those sentry guns you were talking about which enables you to go to two areas that are also very small yeah they have little things like they have the races that you can do and then there's like the smugglers run thing that you can do to you know you can get extra pearls that way but as we stated earlier you don't have to get all these extra pearls there's one point in the game where the same bar that francis is in doing his shuffleboard there's a a guy behind the you know bartending that is friends with jade and he says hey i let you know a secret I heard there's a bunch of pearls in a volcano. Uh, I can't get there myself, but I thought I'd let someone I like know. And you're like, all right, cool. That's good information to know. And then when you get the ability to fly later on, um, you can fly up to this volcano, land, and go in. And there's like what, 15 or 20 pearls in there. It's ridiculous. Well, you have to go there. That's the thing. Like, I thought that was going to be a cool side, like optional mission. And oh, the, really? the game would take me somewhere else. But no, that's like you end up having to go there to get enough pearls in order to put the uh, the space engine on your uh, right. you know ship I'm pretty so go to the moon are you are you sure you can't just collect every other pearl in the game and not do it and still you have prob- probably could you probably could but that that's a quick and easy way to like yeah, boom get yeah. all the pearls you need it's and there's no but difference like cuz when i finally decided like you told me once i decided to fly to the moon you can't fly back right so i was like oh shit i better get everything and i got enough pearls and then i was looking up what other pearls did and when i discovered it was just an m disc i was like okay how many pearls do i still have left and i looked at the screen cuz you can buy a at this one like black market shop, you know, you buy all kinds of things. You can buy a, a, a scanner that will show you where pearls are available in the game. And there's still 15, 20 pearls or some shit on that scanner. And I was like, Ugh, that there's really no reason for me to get on them. I guess I'm going to the fucking moon. And I did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get the, you get the spaceship by, uh, you know, PJ leaves you this disc before he gets abducted. He, uh, or Paige, I, ca- I call him PJ cause that's what it looks like. Right. Yeah. P E Y like apostrophe J. So Which, it, yeah. looks like it should be Peach page or page. Yeah. Whatever his name is. The pig man. He gives mm-hmm. you an M disc before he gets abducted. And, uh, plays it off like it's something else and then when you watch it it's you know this very sad thing where he talks about your parents being his best friends before they passed on and all this crap and then it leaves you some clues as to be able to find the spaceship that he and your father constructed you know blah 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 and then later on you find his boots and then if you look at them in the inventory screen and turn them over you'll see two codes and you can put those codes in these two various places in the lighthouse and um, be able to make the ship appear and a funny thing about the lighthouse too while i'm thinking about it we were talking back and forth and you were like when the lighthouse blew up it had been so long since i'd been there i was like what's the big deal why the somber music <laughs> and i was like what yeah. about the kids and you're like oh yeah there were kids there yeah you kind of <laughs> don't have much call to go back to the lighthouse once you leave there at the beginning of the game and yeah they, they didn't really the kids have personalities right but they didn't really like make you care for them at all care about like, them at all yeah that <sighs> is one shortcoming i think this game i mean i rarely say this but 
but I think like more dialogue, you know, more little cinematic scenes, just explaining who everyone is and really what's going on. I mean, you do, you do get the bare minimum and you get enough to know, but I could have used more, you know, 10% more, just like give us more background, give us more story. You find out this amazing fact about your main character uh, at the very end of the game (laughs) and the game ends without like any questions being answered. You're like, whoa, time out, time out. Yeah. And we might as well get to that because we've we've pretty much discussed everything we want to in the preliminary game and yeah one well, once you, oh go one ahead. last thing we got to talk about because this is like this this bothered me because i thought this is going to be a big uh cl- um spo- not spoiler but cliffhanger at the end was uh the governor like the, the governor of the whole island's just like helping you and yeah. you don't really know and they even say like in the game like we don't know why she's helping us but she's helping us yeah and it turns out she's just helping, just helping you, you. Was, yeah I, I thought she was going to be like the you know the m boss like ah this whole time it she's, was me the one politician that actually gives a shit about her people it's so weird yeah it wasn't a corrupt government it was a corrupt like business or corporation running this whole thing and the government was on board with you it's weird how the rebels and the government are kind of both on the same side against this like other entity like it just it was it was an interesting take and i liked it It i did like it now let me ask you something did the governor remind you of anyone in particular it was a girl well sure sure um i don't know who do you think as soon as she started talking and i wouldn't be completely surprised if it was voiced by the chick uh she's now deceased i don't know her actual name but the uh the gosh the chief for bottle Oh, no, the, the chief from um, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the game show. You know, hey, gum oh, shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounded just like that chick. Every time she'd talk, I was like, is that the damn chief? You know, oh, man, that song would pop in my head, and I'd just, yeah, it'd be stuck. One, two, three. Well, she sneaks about the world. Rockapella. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, you you finally, after she helps you, and she helps you in the way of every time you get more vital information to send to the magazine to help bring to light the Alpha Sector's involvement in all this bullshit, uh, she, she will uncode certain doors for you you take a picture of the the uh like code it looks like what you would see on the bottom of a like a can of soup or something yeah you take a picture send it to her she decodes it and sends you uh whatever four number code it is everything is four digit code in this game and thankfully if it was longer annoying um you put it in you're able to get through that area and she helps you in that throughout um i thought it was going to be a big plot point like big you know whatever but nothing and I, I, yeah, I thought there was going to be a, a couple of plot points in, in that way, yeah. or that the, uh, you know, that w- one of your companions was going to end up being.
being affiliated with the bad guys when in fact none of them were uh shortly after arriving at the moon you go through this rather a little overly convoluted like light mini game that but i don't know if you experienced glitches with it but i kept experiencing glitches with it where i would think i had it and it wouldn't work and i'd be like well what am i doing wrong and then i would try it again and do the exact same thing and it would work um yeah it was annoying um <laughs> and you go through like the the alien world unlocking these different areas you finally get to see your uncle page and he's locked up in like this giant cage of light and you have to figure out these different puzzles to be able to unlock him uh, i think the first one you draw a hexagon with light the second one i think you draw like a star david and the third one is like an inverted star david or something like that uh, yeah something like that and then he falls to the ground and you check his body out and oh he's dead whoops so very sad music um jade holds him for a moment uh triple h says come on we we still might be able to save the kids because they stole all the orphans you walk off and as soon as you walk out of the room you get an email from the governor uh our favorite gumshoe or whatever and she said jade it's amazing um i just got a email from your uncle page and jade immediately goes running back and there on this big bridge uh is page and he's alive and he drops a bomb on you he says that you have the power you're the friggin jesus christ of this world or what have you and are able to bring people back to freaking life somehow i and they really yeah. didn't explain it at all other than you know you are the last dragon you have the power of the glow i mean that was pretty much yeah, uh, yeah. you never use it later on That's you it. really don't this is the one instance that you use the ability uh and then you're called by a different name which is weird because someone has been calling you that name throughout the whole game whoever it is that's been paying you to buy the um or they've been paying you for all the photographs has been calling you by the name is it Shanti or something like that mm-hmm. yes has been calling you that through the whole game and, and I thought it really strange why is she calling me this my name is I thought Jade. it was a glitch I was like yeah oh, they got the name wrong or something yeah I, I was like okay whatever it's you know, because the game does come when you start the game. It does say, do you want to play it in English, Spanish, or French? And I was like, okay, yeah. maybe it's just like a, pa- a bad translation on their part. But no, your true name is whatever it is, Shanti or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're you're the one that this alpha group has been looking for. And there's this main dude, and he's been, I guess you were in his group at some point. I don't, I don't remember. And somehow you got taken away. Uh, you were feeding him and his people with your power. And then you were taken mm-hmm. away, sent to Earth somehow to be raised by people that weren't actually your parents, but were your parents, and you became human. Is that right? I think that's what they were. Yeah, trying to this tell is us. where. Yeah, that's what I got. But this is where like a little more dialogue could have been could have gone a long way with sure like what exactly is going on. Because somehow that, you're that's like, what I understood. You're an alien, and mm-hmm. you became human, and now you're fighting your alien nature to be human and actually save the day. This creature has the ability to take. people people over and at one point he in and it's a pretty big convoluted fight the last battle where you um yeah, just it, it takes a, a long time and and at points he'll take control of your partner and send them at you and both partners because at this point you have both page and um double eight and yeah mm. after a long battle you get your ending and then there's a, a secondary ending the ending is pretty standard it's like oh we saved the day all the kids get uh dropped out of the goo think the uh the spider's layer from the movie it it looks a lot like that with a bunch of bodies hanging everywhere and as soon as you defeat the last boss they all fall down and everyone's fine they were acting as batteries <sighs> and then yeah the credits roll and you watch it and something else happens yes that's when you see page uh for a moment and he looks like i don't know he's like infected with something and it like some green like 
what do you call it, green like zit type thing like pops out of his <laughs> hand and it's like oh what's that yeah and then the move then the game ends and it's supposed to, i guess there's supposed to be a part two that they had planned to like roll right into you know a year later but Never that didn't happen no. although there is talk of it happening again still but who knows there's a a trailer for the second game that came out in 2008 and it you could still watch it on youtube and the trailer is awesome it shows what looks to be page sitting on a car in the middle of a desert and this fly is flying about and he starts breathing in real hard and this fly is flying against the intake of his air and uh, he finally sucks it in his snout and he says 50 and there's someone crouched on the actual hood of the car with like an umbrella or something and they they're just immobile and then it as it's panning out you hear him breathe in heavily again and like a little yelp for help and he goes 51 so don't know what's going on there it was done really well the cinematic looked amazing uh especially for 2008 standards but it still would hold up today and nothing ever came of it man nothing Mm -hmm. i know of um so weird and yeah apparently james you said that they mentioned that it's still a possibility it's still kind of in production but there at least there at least are still conversations about it it looks like nothing's actually progressed they got a, they got a few new uh concept artwork that they're thinking but nothing at all has been greenlit it looks like but it was this is this was recent this was only like nine days ago or ten days ago that oh, there wow. was at least a conversation someone put an article out saying hey here's a piece of concept art that they're thinking for a possible season equal maybe so a lot of maybe's a lot of maybe's so i've got, I've got this uh, uh, on wikipedia it says ansel stated his desire to produce a sequel for the game ubisoft announced that in ubi day's 2008 opening conference that there was to be a second game a sequel tentatively titled beyond good and evil 2 is currently in development although the project was temporarily halted to focus on rayman origins michael ansel has hinted that jade would have a new look for the game in early 2016 destructor published a rumor that the game was being funded by Nintendo as an exclusive for their upcoming console codenamed NX. On September 27th, 2016, Michael Ansel posted an image to Instagram with the caption, Somewhere in System 4. Thanks Ubisoft for making this possible. On October 4th of this year, guys, Ansel states that Beyond Good and Evil 2 was in pre-production. Ubisoft confirmed Ansel's claim that October. So just as soon, yeah, not long ago, guys. They were so apparently this is a thing, man. It's definitely go out there and play part one, everyone, because oh my god, it's gonna be huge. This is awesome, and yeah, this is like this is one of those games. It's so strange to me, James, because this is one of those games that like everyone that's a huge collector or game player is always like, oh, you mean you haven't played it? I'm like, yeah, I haven't played it. I own it. I've owned it forever. I've been meaning to play it. It's one of like ten or fifteen games that I'm like, I know, I know, I would love it. I know, I I've got it. I'm gonna play it one of these days. I just don't have time. Time, you know, especially mm-hmm. since I've been doing this show, had the kid, it's so hard to find any time, James. It, it, it just is. So when we came up with the idea to do this as part of the show, I was elated because now I had yeah. an excuse to be able to play it and I knew it was going to be good and God did it deliver. This game is so friggin' worth it. And what is crazy about this game is normally when you have a game that didn't sell very well initially, which this game did not, and is also critically acclaimed, think Snatcher for the Sega CD. That's, you know, it's my favorite game. It's a fine example. There's a game that didn't sell overly well. Um, everyone that has played it, though, is like, 
like, oh my God, this game is amazing. You have to play it. And as such, it creates this buzz and a want for the game and there's a limited supply. So the game goes to astronomical amounts, right? Somehow that hasn't happened with this game yet. It didn't, it sold better than Snatcher did, you know, I'll give it that, but it still sold pretty poorly. Um, it was across three platforms, but even so sold pretty poorly. Um, you, you see this, you know, I, I see it uh, three or four times a year. It's not overly r- rare, but it's still pretty rare. You would think it'd be a $20 game in the very least. Um, that's not the case for PlayStation and Xbox. Now, I, I do remember that the GameCube version is a little more rare than the other two platforms, and it does reach $20 to $30, I believe. But even that is fucking worth it, guys. That's $30 yes, for a game that you're going to play for bare minimum 13 hours, and you're going to love the shit out of. This game is Zelda mixed with Metal Gear Solid in a future futuristic world with anthropomorphic animals and humor and just awesomeness this game is so good you know outside of the few minor glitches you know it sounded here and there like james and i didn't like it i think we're both on the same page absolutely love this game i picked up a freaking copy for like three dollars for james just complete it had everything it had the manual it was in good shape boom if you're listening to this and you haven't played this fucking game get it it's on everything you can get it digitally they just hd redid this game and i think you can get it for what five bucks on uh, the psn network um looks phenomenal I wanted to play the original version because I'm that way. I think James is kind of the same line. Uh, yeah. So we both played it on the PlayStation 2. It played great on there. I'm told that the GameCube version is the definitive version as far as the original consoles go, that it looks the best, plays the best. So if, if you've got a little like, scratch, go that way. Or you're just absolutely crazy, buy all three. But this game is totally worth it, guys. 100% um, uh, as far as I'm concerned. This, this is one of the best top three games we've ever done to me. Absolutely. I just wish it was longer. That was That's it. We did it's 13 hours well spent i'll give you that but i could have done double that easy easy yeah yeah definitely could especially if they had just expounded on like like you said some of the dialogue and character development and stuff like every character had a personality but i would have liked to have gone more in depth on some of those characters i I feel yeah who they are where they came from why they're part of the resistance you know just a little bit more you know the kids jade why is she like taking care of these orphans you know you get a little bit enough to like you know satisfy you but I don't know. I could have used a lot more. For sure. Which for is sure, but, for me to say that, that's rare because I usually um not a big know, story guy. Part of it is the but, limitations for the time too. This did come out in two thousand three. Uh maybe. You know, the, it was a very big game for the PlayStation two. This game is very impressive for the PS two. I mean I, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of any other games that look anywhere close to as good as this game for PS two. Like I, my mind goes to like God Hand looks really, really good. Rule of Rose, despite playing bad, looks amazing. You know, this game plays good, looks good, you know. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic game, guys. It's absolutely in it's definitely in my top ten, maybe even top five for PlayStation 2. It might make my top 20 of best games of all time. Absolutely love this game. So glad we did the show. I do want to talk though, um, since I've gushed about this game enough. We do have something that I'm gonna play for you after this, it being the Christmas episode. It it's only fair that we do something Christmassy, and James did a really great thing. He he sent me earlier in the year when he first came on the, the show. He sent me a book. He said, you absolutely have to read this book, but don't read it until it's right before Christmas. And the, the name of the book is 8-Bit Christmas. The author is Kevin Jakubowski. And um, James went the extra mile. I read the book, said, yeah, I love the book. We got to do a, you know, a show about the book or a little piece on the book. And he contacted the author. James, uh, James did. Yeah. I, I had nothing to do with this guy. And... 
And Kevin wrote back and said, I would love to be on your podcast. And what? Our little podcast, you know, middling podcast. We're not too little. We, we have a good listenership, but mm-hmm. is interviewing a, a published author. Not only that, but this guy has written movies for people like Bruce Willis. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, he's he's written shows for uh, Nickelodeon and Comedy Central and just like, what a cool guy this guy was. So right after we're done here, we're going to play you an interview with him and I think I'm also going to add after that uh, James and I had some commentary and some like little fun bits Uh, so after the outro if you want to keep listening you can listen to basically a blooper reel almost of uh, some conversation James and I had before Kevin was actually able to get on the podcast with us and just like some discussion about games and stuff that I I thought was pretty cool and you know why not add a little extra to the Christmas experience give you guys more to listen to if you want to and so this show is going to be a big one guys we're probably going to be looking at about two two and a half hours something like that i hope um but yeah really great guy it'll be a great interview uh other than that you can reach me as always on twitter at retro kel you can uh get me or james um at uh, Retro Game Core, we've got a website up. My wife works on it pretty diligently. Um, we're, we're getting that set up. You can just write on the shout boxes there. It will either go to me or James's email automatically if you do so. I've uh, been noticing we're getting about uh, 500 to 1,000 hits a month. Excuse me, not 5,000. That'd be incredible. So we're getting we're getting some traffic there, James. It's not just like sitting out there in the ether like uh, some Ooh. ghost town. We are getting people coming to the show and uh, going to the page. Glad to hear it. And listening to the show through that, because we do have links to listen to every episode we've done of both this podcast and video... and yeah and video games the movie excuse me um all up there guys for your listening pleasure and you can see some goofy pics of uh of james and i and what have you and yeah it's really great if you wanted to uh contact james directly he is at james milholland and also uh good buddy james at gmail.com our good buddy james yes sir yeah so yeah that's that's about it as always listen to our friends over at the rpg show they are great uh, listen to our friend uh, mike kennedy and his podcast at playing with power podcast Terran lightning at Terran lightning our friend Bjorn over at Everything Sci-Fi and Fantasy. That list is getting bigger and bigger as we go on. <laughs> anyway, guys. I love it. Love you all. Merry Christmas. Keep it retro. And we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> and now for something completely different stuff anyway but yeah yeah, um as for like black people in video games yeah barrett and uh the black guy from uh parasite eve i was just thinking that i was like what was his name again Uh, Uh, stan yeah yeah yeah, i don't and then god yeah after that i don't know there are some in the final fantasy world uh i I stopped playing after part 10 but uh me too no i've seen trailers and stuff like that yeah yeah I'll probably buy 15 and not actually play it because that's kind of been my MO ever since 12. Mm -hmm. Like, I have 12. I tried to play 12. It shit on me. So I was like, I'll never play another one of these again. I have... 13? I think I have two of the 13. I also have two 13s. I bought them uh, from Blockbuster, someone they were going out of business, and yeah. I just sit in my shelf. Yeah, my, mine too. I even have the strategy guide for the damn thing. And it's like, eh, hmm. I don't know. Just too much time you have to invest in that thing. Like, you have to have, like, a couple of weeks. Yeah, really. At least. Well, it's pretty much the way it is with RPGs anymore, which is it's kind of a shame, you know? It, it used to be that if you could get 20 hours, you know, in a uh, RPG, that that was pretty good and you could do that knock that out in a weekend now you know if, if you don't boast that your rpg takes over a hundred hours 
these people are, you know, they act as though they've been slighted. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what I want. You know, it's like, uh, just give me the little bite-sized chunks. That's uh, that's all I can really handle, you know, unless I want to yeah. be playing a game for, you know, half a year. But, you know, or do something like Chrono Trigger where, you know, it's a good, whatever, 20-hour game. But then you get New Game Plus and you can go through it again. And there's another, you know, yeah, for sure. 10, 15 hours. And then... they, they wouldn't do that now. Like, if, if Chrono Trigger got released today as, like, an indie game or something, you know, if it was never released, there would be a New Game Plus, but you would have to pay an additional dollar to play it or something. Don't say that. Oh, you know, it's true, right? You're right. Um, It's just, I hate this pay-for-play stuff. It's It's downloadable content. It's not like an old man, I'm sure, for some of these kiddos, but... Well, you know what? I I hate it, too, but I'm I'm very guilty of it. Like, with my game Summoner's War that I play on my phone, I buy crystal packs and stuff occasionally. Even as far back as... uh, I don't know if you played Final Fantasy XI, James. It was... uh, Yeah, Final Fantasy Online. And, um... Or the first Final Fantasy Online, I should say. Uh... I would buy occasionally gold in that game because there would be weapons and items and such that you would really need to progress. And if you were to try and save up the amount of money to um, to buy it yourself, you're, you were talking about literal weeks of farming sometimes, you know, uh, just doing the same actions, killing the same monsters over and over again for like just very little net gain. And uh, yeah, it was like, well, I could do this or I can pay 30 bucks and I can just get the item right now now and back then there wasn't a pay-to-play system it was just like uh, these chinese gill farmers is what we always called them because it was literally guys in china that would uh, sit there and do these things for you and then sell you the gold for actual money and hmm. I, I think that because of actions like that with final fantasy and i think wow also had similar problems that that's probably what caused um people to think that pay to play was something that would work and you know it's obviously working because i don't i don't know of almost any game with online services that doesn't have some form of pay-to-play on it. Uh, Hell, even when I first got my uh, PS3... I got the game Heavy Rain with it, and I was very, I, I thought the game was incredible. I don't know if you played it or not, but I love the game. And then it said, you know, hey, there's an additional content for five bucks, and I was like, oh yeah, well that's probably worth it because the game was so good. And uh, I, I learned my lesson on that because you get another literal five minutes of gameplay. So I was paying a dollar a minute to play like this other little scenario that lasted all of oh, five geez. minutes, you know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, never again. And I I haven't on games of that nature bought bonus content and I, I won't and I refuse to play like modern day fighters because instead of being unlockable you have to fucking pay for them it's just no yeah uh, Injustice Gods Among Us is one of the ones that I'm like peeved about because they you know unlockable characters and of course I want to play them so bad but I don't know if I want to spend the money for it yeah I, I think even like the punch out for the Wii if you paid additional money you could unlock like Donkey Kong I think as a, a not a playable character but someone that you can fight even um, even Doc Brown or whatever his name is, the the trainer. Mm-hmm. Hey, another black guy in a video game. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it had to be a boxing game to get there. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess there was a black guy in uh, Kung Fu, like the third level, something like that. Isn't there a big, yeah, like, big black dude? To... Well, yeah. that whole game though was based on uh, the movie. Uh, was it was it Big Boss Man or Gosh? I can't remember. It was. The... Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> The unfinished uh, Bruce Lee film where the whole premise of the film was that Bruce Lee would be climbing a, uh, a series of, of steps in a building and on every floor there would be someone to stop him. And there's a very famous fight with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, oh, 
uh, who was one of his students, you know, and that mm-hmm. black guy is representative of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course, they did, they would swear that no, none of this has anything to do with that movie, but it's like blatantly ripped off from that movie. <laughs> you know? That's a good game. That's one of my one of my first games for Nintendo. Oh, for I sure. really like. Good game. Kick those pots before they turn into a dragon and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's actually a sequel to it as well that a lot of people here back before the internet was like really booming were trying to uh, pawn off as a rare prototype and stuff there a few years back and selling them at $100 a piece on eBay and things like that. Um, It was a completely finished game. I think it came out in Japan and then someone like ported it over here somehow and then they were making copies of it. It and a few other games, uh, Earthbound Zero, Sweet Home, there's a ton of examples that back in the day, you know, you had to like really know your NES stuff so you wouldn't accidentally buy something that wasn't actually a real release date. Mm-hmm. So all that knowledge is still unfortunately in my head. And of course you can still buy them <laughs> now, but you know, they're they're repros um, as opposed to... Yeah. I, I even have Sweet Home. I considered it for the uh, the show, I think I briefly touched on it in my uh, my first horror episode that I did solo back before you show. <sighs> Which I went back and listened to because apparently uh, it and the SNES episode are the two most download, d- downloaded episodes. Is it worth it? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, boy. I got that uh, NES classic, as you saw. That yeah. thing is amazing. Is it really cool? Oh, God, you have to get it. I mean... Well, I, of course it, I will. I own all the games, pretty much, except for, I think, one of the Donkey Kongs, and yeah. I, think the, I don't know if I have the Ice Climber. I might have it somewhere. I for but. sure have it. I'm missing um, Balloon Fight, I think, is the only game on that whole Oh, uh, yeah. I played that, but I haven't... I have. I don't own it. Um, yeah. But it's a... God, it's such a good little system. The controller The controller is way too short. The cord's way too short. Yeah, so. that's a common complaint, but uh, it, it has a... a port for the like the wii u classic controller or whatever it's called right so you can just, yeah, yeah yeah i can but i haven't done it yet i've been just going old school and just right. bringing the whole system close to me and just yep, yep. going it but it's man i'm playing a lot of playing a lot of tech mobile like <laughs> the weirdest i never would have thought i would have been stuck on that one but here i am every time that uh i've had friends come over and we play random you know games uh, if they're older they always want to play tech mobile i actually don't think i have a copy anymore i think i got rid of it i got tired of everyone wanting to play it i remember <laughs> it is fun i gave it that but. It, it's fun to play not so much to watch and i'm not a big oh, yeah. football guy so no yeah yeah man i'll get into the zelda soon the final fantasy i'm not i don't know if i want to get into that because i'm so used to the the remake they did on i think it was game boy where you can actually run mm-hmm. so there's no way i'm gonna walk through that game right. being able to run and all the other ones takes forever yeah they, they gave you a feature to run no they don't they oh don't. it's oh, okay. the original game and it's like there's i can't go through that again i did that when i was like you know 12 yeah it took hours then i replayed it as an adult on my game boy and i could run everywhere and it took me like half the literally half the time to beat the game wow yeah so i don't know if i'm gonna go through that yeah they did the the same thing with breath of fire one and two in the original versions you walked just painfully slow yeah. and and then in 
the Game Boy Advance versions that give you a run, so it made it just infinitely better, and I suggested to uh, the guys over at the RPG show that they play it on the Game Boy Advance, but I think they pretty much just emulate everything they play anyway, so uh-huh. I think they just emulated it, and you have an option there to just like move like the wind, so uh-huh. <laughs> you can just skip around as much as you want. Makes it a lot easier to get through games, I understand, emulation, but I just, I for one, I, I find it very hard to play a game on my computer. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Even if I've got it pumped into the TV and I'm holding the controller in my hand, it just doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, I got... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, were you going to call Kevin, or did you get into further contact with him, or... Um, you know, I sent him a message, asked him if he had Skype, he said he did, but he doesn't know much about it, so I guess we are going to call him. Oh, okay. Uh, and you have his, his number, and... I think that that's what he left us in that, uh, that email, right? Well, I believe through. it would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, right, yeah, so, around 8 o'clock, give a, give him another, I'd say 10 minutes or so, at least. Yeah, I'd say 10, 15 minutes. Um, I did get an email from a guy, we probably won't talk about it this, uh, I mean, episode. Yeah, that's but, fine, talk about it now and we can release it at the end of an episode or something no matter guy named josh watts have you uh oh yeah yeah i i sent that i think i forwarded that to you or maybe maybe he sent you a different one he said i figured it'd be a good chance to actually say say hello and thank you for the effort on the podcast you added great good depth and extra character to them oh okay yeah he sent you a separate one that's really cool of him yeah i've been he loved our whole thing about the uh the youtubers so that's what it basically goes over oh cool gives me gives me a few others to look at and i emailed him back and thanked him and then i just asked him a few questions now we're now we're now we started an email chain now he's all about yeah i have one so. with him too he's, he's been a listener for a while he's a super bro yeah i talked to him today i forwarded i forwarded you the message he sent me uh before yeah. you got online here so basically yeah. <laughs> he was uh thanking us for the uh the dracula episode and then he went on to say like uh his it, it was literally the series that got him into gaming and and uh he he something about his cousin and then he said uh stacy got me into it and then i assumed that stacy was his wife and he's like no that's my cousin and i was like well i'm from arkansas so it's legal here (laughs) he laughed about that he's a good dude i uh i directed him to discord i was like hey if you ever just actually want to like talk with us on on the reg like james and i are in discord so are a lot of other fans like we're just kind of doing a culmination like a super fan thing i did want to talk to you a little bit about a bitcon uh i don't know i'm gonna try and get the week off like for that Mm -hmm. like starting with saturday Uh, if you were planning on like flying solo in you're more than welcome i have like a guest room i could clean up for you to stay with me um, i think i'm gonna have to bow out of it uh, oh no the wife's due on the 23rd. Oh, geez. Yeah, when it was when it was earlier in the month, when it was originally April 3rd or whatever, Yeah. Um, I was planning on it. But with this new news, and then I just kind of put it together about a week ago, I was oh, like, oh, geez. shit. Because she'll be, we'll have our kid for about four days when BitCon takes off. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, it's awesome, but at the same time, uh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that she was that far along. I, I just saw oh, the yeah. announcement like last... Was it last month? I think. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That was it. Just right around November 1st, we released it. Yeah, we, uh, 
we've, we had a friend that was pregnant with us and we were all excited and she had a miscarriage. So we just clammed up and we're like, we're not telling anybody cause she was telling people. So yeah, we, yeah. we waited till we were out of the first trimester and then about two, waited about an extra two weeks. Yeah, for sure. So I am, go- as of right now, I don't think it's going to make it, mm. but well, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed. Soup's bummed. Yeah. Well, it, it's all good. But, uh, anyway, so if, yeah, if whatever, if you have it a few weeks early or something, you know, that does happen. Uh-huh. But yeah, you'll probably still want to spend time with your your kid. I I definitely get that. I took two weeks when uh, we had Caroline, and she was the I think she was the third. We we went through a, a miscarriage um, very early on in our relationship, uh, and she was she was pretty far along. We even named her and everything, and it was oh, it was pretty yeah. rough. And yeah, then, sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, it is. Whatever. And then the second one, we had another miscarriage, but it was earlier, um, so not nearly as you know devastating or whatever. And then um, with Caroline, it wasn't. <laughs> until like she was in my arms crying that I really believed I was going to be a father you know what I mean yeah so, yeah and she's yeah she's great I, I I want all the kids in the world like I, I if I had the money I would have more but court has two from a previous marriage and uh, just quite frankly we can't afford um another child no. Mm-hmm. no more for me but you know Caroline's amazing brightens my day every day you're you're gonna love being a father it's the best looking forward to it yeah it still hasn't hit me yet also I'm still she even asks like every once in a while like does it feel real yet and I'm like nah not yet you know not until maybe. she's there for a few weeks the first shitty diaper that you have to do you'll be like yeah I'm a dad yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember what have I got into oh man Caroline when when she was just a tiny baby I was taking care of her one day before work because back then my wife also she was a manager at Target and she had to go to work and some mornings I just had to get up and deal with the child luckily my mom was in the area and that helped a lot um, uh-huh. back then but uh, one day Caroline, you know, she went to the bathroom and then as I was cleaning it up, like this, it looked like someone was squeezing out a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> this little just stream. I was like, no, 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 no. I like throw another diaper under it real fast because it was the only thing available. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to catch it and stuff. And yeah, that was that was a wake up moment for me, you know. But kids are great. They'll freak you out all the time. I remember I freaked out pretty bad one time when Caroline fell off the bed, you know, because crawling around. I, I, I went to get a diaper and turned back around and she was crying on the floor. Floor and I was like, oh god, no! She only felt like two feet. Still, like it flipped me yeah. out. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew worry, like actual worry, before I had a kid. You know, it's like you worry about stuff. You worry about, you know, making a bill. Like, yeah. a whole other animal, dude. <sighs> uh, I'll experience it all too soon. I should try to enjoy this time while I can. Yeah, boy. All right, I'm going to close my door. Hang on a second. Let me just make sure my dogs are... Yeah, my dogs look like they're good. Yep. My wife, Danielle, she's not here, so she can't keep them at bay, but hopefully they don't bark. I think, I don't know, what do you think? Should we try and call them a little early? Or think, uh... eh, it's a it's a bit early yet. I don't want to piss the guy off. I don't know. We'll call him in five or okay. so. It'll be a yeah, little early. Five, five minutes. Kevin Jokubowski. I think Jokubowski. it's pronounced uh, Jakubowski. Jakubowski. And that's how I heard, uh, I listened to a podcast with evidently a friend of his that he went to school with, and that's how he, so that's uh, how I'm going. Yeah, I saw a little video spot he did in the news, and I did listen to most of one of his other podcasts, but he was with two other guys, though. Um, yeah, I listened to that one, too. They they almost didn't let him talk. Yeah, yeah, and he, when he did talk, yeah, I, I sometimes couldn't tell who was, talking. Who was him or not. Yeah, because yeah, they all had that similar like big city.
Kennedy type of, you know, Kevin, you know, you know who he sounds like to me? Um, uh, his name, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Yeah. Uh, he played Kevin Arnold on the Wonder Years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All I have is the narration in that Wonder Years in my like head. I can't think of his uh, actual voice. Oh, I think I kind of yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of, God, I can't think of his name now. The, the Wet Bandit dude. Yeah. 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 From Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I think of that show, it's like that voice just starts playing and I don't even know anything else that's going on. Oh, hilarious was, uh, you ever listen to like Comedy Bang Bang? Uh, it's, uh no. I think, is it a TV show also? It is a TV show as well, yeah. Recently, Weird Al joined him as his band leader and stuff. But um, way back in the day, I used to listen to it pretty religiously. And there's an episode where um, Fred Savage came on, and evidently they had uh, Daniel Stern. That's the guy's name. They had Daniel uh-huh. Stern on, like, years before. And they thought it would be funny that if they ever had Fred Savage on, if he uh, would do these little snippets where he, it was just like he was in the Wonder Years. So they had years before and never told any one that Daniel Stern recorded all these snippets where he'd be like, and it was at that moment I wondered, just what the hell is a podcast, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> and they would just put him in the show, and Fred was like, where are you getting these? These are great. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was really cool. Just a little, yeah, neat thing they did there. And yeah, he is, I, I've been watching The Grinder too. He he produced, and I think he's also a writer on that show. And he is a lot funnier than uh, than a lot of people give him credit for, especially when I hear him on podcasts and stuff. He's just like really, really quick-witted and everything. And so actually now if I if I look at The Nerdist or I look at Comedy Bang Bang or Mark Moran or, or whoever, if uh, Fred is guesting, I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to that because the guy's <laughs> freaking hilarious. And uh, yeah. Yeah, when I first heard Kevin Jakubowski speak, I was like, that's Fred Savage's voice. So maybe they're both from the Chicago area. Mm, maybe. Yeah, didn't did uh, the Wonder Years take place in Chicago? God, I don't know. <laughs> somewhere in the somewhere in the Midwest, the East Coast. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, what has Fred Savage been doing? I remember he was in a show uh, oh, oh, working. God. It was like working, yeah. yeah. Or Man at Work, yeah. That was a pretty yeah. good one. But he, that lasted about a season or something like that. And that one was done. season, yeah. And they played on USA for a couple years for a week yeah. or two. The, the big episode that I thought was cool on that was, uh, what was it, Danica, whatever, that played Winnie Cooper mm-hmm. came on that show. And you were like, holy shit, you hot now. Hell yeah. Really cool. Also, a, like a fairly accomplished math as well yes stuff well beyond my grasp she's connected to some like new theorem or law they proved or something like that yeah. she's super smart <sighs> super smart but yeah i'm just looking at fred savage here i wonder is he like kind of more into directing i guess now yeah in <laughs> fact yeah. when when he was doing the grinder there um he was like adamant that he didn't want to be in the show and they're like no you're perfect for the role you're 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 directing and you're gonna be you know the main character brother hmm. it's, it's it's a pretty funny show it's on the first season's on netflix uh, it, it's basically, you know, all these like law dramas that they have where uh, it, they're just really over the top, right? Yeah. Well, this one uh, is there's a TV show called The Grinder that just ended, and the guy that plays The Grinder is Rob Lowe. So he's an actor that plays a lawyer on TV, and then his show ends after eight seasons, and he, he comes to spend the week with his brother and his father who still live together, and um, 
with and Fred Savage is the brother, and they're both actual lawyers. And the, mm-hmm. the grinder, quote unquote, quotation, uh, wants to also be a lawyer, and the, and the dad's all about it. And the brother's like, no, you actually have to go to law school and stuff. But because everyone is so enamored with him, because it's a small town that they're in, they just kind of let him do what he wants. And he, <clears> yeah, he kind of like hilariously bumbles his way into actually solving cases and doing things. It's it's actually pretty good. Is it uh, is it going to get renewed? You think it's like the one season? It's one season so far. I think it probably will. Um, it on Netflix for me, uh, it got a rating of five stars. So oh, good. Yeah. Is it a half hour? Or, half, half hour. Half hour. Half hour. Maybe we'll take a look. Yeah, Tuesdays. Okay. Hmm. I think I've, it, it like would end before like some other show or it start. And then you think is it on Fox? Is that where it is? Uh, probably. I think it's, like, it's on I think, Netflix. So I think Brooklyn Nine Nine would like butt up against it, so I catch like the last minute or so of it, or some or some show. I don't oh, know. I see. Uh-huh. There's also a show with uh, um, oh shit, who's Uncle Jesse? Um, oh yeah, uh, John Stamos. John Stamos. There's some show with him in it now, also that I think I was that guy and that guy and Rob Lowe both. Don't don't age. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with them. They actually touch on that in an episode of The Grinder, where he meets up with his high school sweetheart, played by Christina Applegate, and she's like, "Oh my God, you look exactly the same." And he's like, "Well, thank you." And she's like, "No, I mean exactly. It's freaking eerie." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> But yeah. he really does. The guy's in his mid-50s. You know, he looks better than I do. I don't know. It's yeah, ridiculous. he's 52 or 53 right now. Ridiculous. Rob Lowe, that son of a bitch. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, that guy was in movies when I was a child, and, and he was an adult. Uh-huh. And I'm almost 40. I, I read his book. His book, uh, he had a crazy-ass life. Uh, oh, I would imagine. Life. Yeah. I mean, he's Rob so, freaking Lowe. Yeah. It's so funny to hear these guys. They, like, they grew up with, like, you know, other celebrities. So yeah. Like, Art and Sheen and, you know, Charlie Sheen and... Yes, Emilio Estevez, and they, and they were all friends. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the same high school. It's just weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts where, um, you know, like the Nerdist. A lot of time, if it's someone in his age group, they like have known each other their whole lives. Like when Neil Patrick Harris comes on his show, um, God, I can't even think of the, the Chris Hardwick. He'll they'll they'll talk about like the past back when they were in high school and stuff. And it's like like it was nothing, you know. And he does that yeah. with some other guests too. And it's like I guess they just all kind of know each other you know and it makes sense because a lot of celebrities don't become a celebrity at you know 30 or 40 or even 20 it's like they've been doing you know stuff since they were two years old and or their parents have been doing mm-hmm. stuff you know it's a tight-knit group very hard to break yeah <sighs> all right what do you think should you call this dude give him a ring see if he answers uh, actually how do i show dial pad can i just call a regular number yeah that's what i i would think um i went to skype and i actually <laughs> up top where it says like contact, uh, you go add contact and then save a phone number, I think. And then I like put in his number and put his name. I didn't attempt to call it, obviously, but I believe that that worked. Or you could just, just shoot him a text with uh, your phone or something and just say, hey, uh, what's your Skype? I don't think he has. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if he has Skype. How did you? Oh, I see it right here and then dial Alright, it didn't work. Um, <laughs> let me try. Oh Christ, that was his number. I don't. It, it just uh, call phone. Oh, you know what? Do I have to pay for this? I don't know. I don't know. Did call. It... You need to get Skype credit to call this number. I do. All right. Oh, uh, well, ask him uh, what his Skype name is. Okay. 
Let's uh, copy that. Hmm. Kevin, it is. If not, I can call him. I'll, I'll look into getting Skype credit. See how much that costs Jeez. while we while we wait. Skype credit. Signing in. Signing into Skype. Please wait. Oh, and who do Ten. you want to? I, I don't want to do like a. Is it worth it? Intro to this, but well, I I have an idea of how I might want to intro him. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I'll be fine. A little nervous, but yeah, we'll be. Me fine. too. Should we throw up first? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll be fine. Um, because you're accessing sensitive info. The hell's my Skype name? Do I have a Skype name? James Milholland. Okay. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pay ten bucks to do this. Oh geez, how much you get? No idea. Oh man, it's it better not. It's got to be something significant. Christ, ten dollars. Oh, Come on, man, it might not be. <laughs> <sighs> do I not have an account? I have an account. Please enter a valid email address, phone number, or Skype name. I just how to get this far? I didn't do it already. Yeah, no worries. Well, now we're a minute late. How professional are we? Great. I don't know. You want me to shoot him a text? Or? I just sent him a text. Oh, um, okay, cool. oh I need a Microsoft account. Uh, I'm gonna keep doing it until just until uh, we have some sort of confirmation. Chrome autofill autofill setting. Son of a bitch. Yeah, we probably should have sent him Skype information or something back. Oh, we're learning. At gmail.com. Um, I don't know. You want to call him? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's our first time. Yeah. A celebrity. A real. Almost. Yeah. Close as we're going to get for a while. Probably. October. Okay. Okay. Nobody panic. Nobody panic. What am I? Mail? Not specified. VGPYWV. Okay. Okay. Create an account. Where do I pay money? Oh, my God. Verify, verify email. 6923. Why would it do this to me? Ah, yeah, we got him. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to find him on here. Kevin. Okay. Well, now, I'm, now I'm registered for Microsoft in case you need to ever contact me via Microsoft. Right. Kevin, Sean, Jacko. Oops. Bowski. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm searching my own people. I need to search. Just that's how you search, right? So, Kevin, Sean, got him. Right on. Got him. <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and call him and bring you. All right, he didn't pick up. Oh, back. I'll just send a message. We just tried to contact you. We just. Oh wait, he's sending something now. Okay. Try calling me again. Sorry. Good. He knows. <laughs> now he's unprofessional. I'm just kidding. All right. Here we go. Um, cool, can I call? Can I call him with you? Uh, add people. Let's see if I can add someone. I hope so. Uh, I don't know. I mean, usually I, I just don't. I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. It's not like it. Yeah, it's fine. See what happens. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're calling him now. It looks like it might so, be working. See that? I learned something. Yeah. And uh, hmm. Yeah, he's fucking. With <laughs> I don't think so, man. He doesn't seem the malicious type. Ah, Kevin, you with us? Nope. Oh, wait, now you're back. Still with me? I'm with you, yeah. 
Okay. <sighs> I still have it saying his name up above. I don't know. Oh, now it's gone. Come on. Huh. Looks like... Kevin? Hello? You still with me? I'm with you. Can you hear me, James? James. Can't hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. I have his name still above. I do as well. Uh... Let's try again. Okay. Um, think we should? Let's try uh, again. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Here we go. This doesn't work. You know what? Maybe I should just try calling him again, and then I'll do it the old-fashioned way. This doesn't work. Okay. Oh, it says we're calling him, yeah, because I can... If I click on it, it says hang up. Yeah, I know. Very strange. Very strange yep. indeed. Maybe Maybe you can hear everything we're saying, and for some reason we can't hear him. He's right now screaming at us. Send me a text message if you can hear us, <laughs> but we can't hear you. Hey, send me a text message. Oh, that's scary. Oh, no. Christ. Yeah, it's, it's showing that you're the only one actually online. Okay, I'm going to try him directly. Maybe not. Contacts. Uh, I'm going to try. It says he's offline. Can't do much about that. Okay. Yes. Stand by. He said it's something with some plugin he can't install. He wants us to just call him. So I'm going to go back to my original thing of trying to get my Skype credit. Okay. And see if that works. Okay. $10. Uh, we're not going to do an auto charge. Let's see if I ever got this. Billing address. Son of a bitch. Remain signed in with this account. Uh, do you have three-way calling on, like, your cell phone by any chance? Probably. We could probably just do that. Uh, we're already here. Let's just do it. Okay. The, the way we know how, I don't want to... Right, right. It's only 10 bucks. You spend more than that on the show. Oh, yeah. For other things. And you start giving back. Oh, no worries. It's your baby anyway. Oh. Okay. Pay by card. My card number. I'm not going to read that aloud. No, don't. <laughs> but I am still recording, so... <laughs> There we go. Yes, I've read the privacy policy. Pay now. Uh, your order was unsuccessful. Someone canceled my credit card. Very possible. Let's try this one more time. Is this the right credit card? Seven, yeah, seven, okay, let's try this again. Uh, the expiration, 319. Yeah, don't read that aloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're placing your order. A confirmation. What the, why, why are we placing my order? Collective. <sighs> Skype, okay. Profile completeness. I don't know what any of this means. We're going to try just calling him again. Call okay. Seems like I lost you, James. Okay. Didn't work. Didn't work. Add Skype credit. I just know I don't want to add Skype credit. I already have Skype credit. Call anyone on your mobile or landline, even if they're not on Skype. Got it? I already got all this. I already got all this. Hello? So, yeah, you there? Yeah, I'm here. You. I'm here. Okay. Um, learn how to call phones. I have to really click on this. This can't be. Okay, we're going to do it right now. I got it. Okay. Here we go. One, three, one, zero. Hey, don't read that loud. Can you hear that beeping? Beeping. No. Oh, okay. Just me. I hear clicking. Son of a bitch. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, okay, good. <sighs> you got three-way calling on your cell phone by any chance? <laughs> I do. Let's give that a shot. Hold on. You know my number, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, of course you do. All right, well, just just call me. I'll see what I can do. I'm going to call you. Hold on, though. Okay. Uh, now I got it. Well, let me continue to look through here. Why didn't that work? I don't understand. Why did it say something to add, get Skype credit? I have Skype credit. We just went through this. I don't know. Plug the wrong. All right, I'm, I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go dark. I'm going to plug into my phone, okay? Okay, I should plug I should plug my earbuds into my phone, right? My headphones. I, I would think, yeah, if you're calling me through that, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna call you. Okay. 
And then I got to figure out how to call him. Okay. I don't have three-way calling. That's why I'm not doing it. Don't all iPhones have it? I really don't know. (laughs) I assume they don't because I don't think I have it. I think they, I think I read something somewhere where like there's hidden tricks to phones. Let me, uh, let me just Google how to three-way phone call on your iPhone. Three-way call on an iPhone. Make one call private, tap conference, and then select private next to the person you'd like to speak to. There you go. So I'm going to call you. I'm gonna, we're going to end Skype, I guess, right? Yep. All right. Skyping is over. See you, see you on the flip-flop. All right. Then. Yellow. Hold on. Hello? Yes. Yeah, okay, I can hear you. Okay, so I got you here. Yep. Um, this is going to be real professional. All right, so I have add call, and I can add him in. I don't want to do that. All right, so his number, of course, I don't have saved, so I have to type it in Are we all here together? Hello. I hope so. All right. <laughs> okay, this is kind of ghetto, but it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. This is uh, an oh. honor for us. Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate the interest. Um, and it's it's James and... Uh, Blaine. Blaine. Sorry. Uh, one more time? Blaine. Blaine. James and Blaine. Thanks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well... I'm currently recording, but we haven't started. Uh, I'll add yeah. it all together to a thing later on. We're probably going to tack this on to Christmas episode. I don't want your own voice if you have to we'll come out. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm ready. I am ready to go. All right. <laughs>